podcast about movies with brothers Nick and Reed Canada. This week, we're joined by, I almost said we're joined by our guest, <laughs> obviously. We're joined by Chris Ivey, a comedian here in Birmingham, Alabama. Chris started Goulash Comedy, uh, which has had a big following. He's got a show coming up at the Stardome. Uh, October, when is it? October 7th. October 7th. Chris Ivey and Friends, yes. That's exciting. I'm pumped about it. I'm, do I start talking now? Is this yeah, the go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just go ahead. Okay. Uh, lineup's good. Chris <laughs> Cherry from Nashville is going to be on it. Uh, Shuli Egger, who was on Howard Stern for a long time. Oh, wow. Um, he's done like Your Mom's House, Open for Tom Segura Bunch. He's going to be doing the show, too. Cool. Uh, Andrew Brown's going to be doing a set, or Ezra Brown. Sorry, didn't. Don't kill me, anybody. <laughs> I'm fucking an idiot. Um, Lori Moore's going to be hosting, and Daryl J's doing a set, too. Oh, nice. And I'm going to do probably, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. It'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a great show. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, Chris... Chose the movie The Wackness. Uh, Reed, tell us your quick reads two minutes of what this movie is. Well, I don't think it's going to be two minutes, but uh, The Wackness is uh, Josh Peck from uh, Drake and Josh, right? Yeah. yeah. His name, he is Josh. Okay. I didn't know they used his real name. Slim down, that. right? Yeah, yeah he's slimmed down. <laughs> And probably from the weed, uh, but probably he, from he's from Hollywood. Probably the coke, I would imagine. He's probably yeah. It wasn't hard work. That was that was. <laughs> he wasn't cut. It wasn't a trainer or anything yeah. like that, or he good good out. diet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it takes place in 1994 and is all about a high school kid who just graduates and is looking for wh- where to go next in life. It's a coming of age story. And kind of just centers around the relationship of a psychiatrist he has, played by, played by Ben Kingsley, and he's really what shines the most in this movie. I think his right. performance—he's just so so wacky. It's uh, hard not to enjoy. Yeah, a lot of good lines from him. The him with hair was nightmare fuel for me, though. <laughs> like right as it opened up, I saw like I heard his voice, and then I saw this hair, and I was like, ah. Uh, it, it reminded me. Like yeah, this hair. is not sexy beast, bro. This <laughs> is a completely different film. It reminded me of Impractical Jokers, where they make they make <laughs> Murr wear Murr. Q's hair. <laughs> That's hilarious. Apparently, the hat he had in the movie, uh, he just that was, that was his, his own hat. hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like we'll we'll be needing this. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about it, Nick? Did you like it? I liked it. I I again earlier I told Chris he only picked it because he knew I was a big Drake and Josh fan. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I never. I, so apparently this is Josh's first thing post like Nickelodeon. He did another movie before, but it wasn't as big with uh, Rory Culkin. I saw uh, Out Cold, not Out Cold, but he has a movie Snow Day. I know that. Yeah, Snow, Snow Day. Day. I watched yeah. that one. <laughs> well, this I meant like post Nickelodeon. I just saw. I read an. This interview is his first with really him. adult movie. Yeah, I I read an interview where he was talking about like. It was a weird interview because he was like, yeah, I think it's a big difference from Jake, Drake and Josh, like a big step out. It's more like where I'm at in life and a younger, you know, a younger person because he was talking about being older when he was doing that. And then said that he was like to the kids that might be a little younger, uh, you know, that don't want to see my naked ass, maybe wait a couple of years and then rent the movie. <laughs> yeah. Some of the reviews I saw online would be people like, this is not the Nickelodeon like Josh I was expecting. Like, I thought this was going to be a feel good like just fun movie. Isn't it weird that he's Turner and Hooch now? I I just saw he's that. He's that on the yeah they have a whole television. He, he show also on is in on How I Met Your Father. I think he's like a love interest in that yeah. show, which I was like, okay, weird. Yeah, very strange. I won't watch either of those. He was but. in the Mindy Project. 
Like I saw he him was, on yeah. a couple episodes. I there. remember him drill bit Taylor. He played. It's around the he's, same time he did this drill movie. Taylor. He's a drill bit Taylor. <laughs> Olivia Thrillby plays the love interest. She's oh, yeah, in a yeah. ton of stuff. She. I just recently on nine eleven. I watched United ninety three, and she was in that. She yeah. just plays like a distressed passenger. Which she is, plays the stink face girl in Juno. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I saw her credited in Juno, but I couldn't remember which one she yeah, was. She was the stink face girl that Michael Sarah hooks up with after mm -hmm. uh, Juno. We just did Rushmore. Uh, that's our. Oh man. It's like coming out before this, and so we're probably a after. Probably, we'll or probably after. Get, we'll get yours out first. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> Rushmore's our next one. Then. Yeah, Rushmore's uh, so good. It's great. It, Jason Schwartzman's in that. She is Jason Schwartzman's girlfriend in Bored to Death. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, know, I didn't know that. Is. It's when she breaks up with him in the first episode, and he's like, "I don't want to quit smoking weed. I like how it makes me think." Yeah, and he, <laughs> she goes, "She goes, what about you know wine?" And he's like. Well, I can't quit cold turkey. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's not healthy. <laughs> and no, he, that's what she says. She goes, you shouldn't uh, smoke weed. And she, he goes, but they give it to cancer patients. <laughs> she goes, you don't have cancer. Right. <laughs> I thought, uh, taking it back to Rushmore, I thought this movie kind of was similar to that in that you have the relationship between uh, the high schooler and the old, older guy that's kind of, they're kind of going through the same thing. They're friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like kindred spirits. To me, it's a bromance. It's it's I and love. Also, the older guy is very immature yeah, and has he, never really grown up. Yeah, instead exactly. He said, "I love you, man." It's "I love you, older man." Right. <laughs> uh, well, Chris, the way we start most of these podcasts is we'll kind of dive in and we like to get to know the guests a little bit. So. Have you ever heard of Nardwar? I think I kind of talked to yeah, you about it. Yeah, of course I know who Nardwar is. Okay, I'm a well, fucking hip hop fan. Well, you would be yeah, shocked. Well, you're, the, you're the first guest we've had that know, knows him. Well, y'all need more black people on this it, show. I funny, think. funny man, uh, funny man. He didn't know. Jermaine didn't know who jo Nardwar was. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, that's not a huge. Uh, Sam Morrell didn't know who Nardwar Sam was. Sam Morrell didn't know who he was. No, no, that's crazy. I know. So, I mean, to me, Nardwar is like such a big because he does the gifts to people that are like random things he finds out about them. Exactly, and freaks them out. It's like a almost like a David Blaine. Concert. Yeah, we're we're not near as good as that. No, well, no, no. I'm just saying, like that's weird. No, but but um. So we got you a couple things. Oh my god! How exciting! Thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're like the only Mississippi State fan yes. I know. Yes, this is a Mississippi State first national championship in school history for baseball. Oh my god! I literally teared up when we won. It was incredible. For the people sitting at home that got uh, Chris a flag. <laughs> well, it's a pendant. It's a pendant. Yeah, yeah whatever. Well, yeah. It, it'll it, go well with my hat I have. It goes, you know, it's a thing that people have. No, no have one had said what it was yet. So I just, hey, I I just guarantee felt like it, it needed to oh, be. Oh, I thought I said pendant. Well, either, Maybe you did. Either I, way, it's more than the other national championship okay. Mississippi State memorabilia that he had. I can guarantee Maybe you that. said pendant, and I just didn't know. I didn't catch it. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a big Mississippi State fan. Uh, yeah, huge. It sucks being a state fan. So how did you become – is it because you grew up in Memphis? And um, I grew up in Memphis, and I had a stepdad who was a Mississippi State fan, and we take me he'd take me to games. And then this was during, like, the Fred Smoot – defense with oh, Jolie yeah. Dunn and they were Jackie good. Sherrill was the kid. Yeah, Jackie Sherrill Jolie Dunn was the defensive coordinator I got a funny Jackie Sherrill story because he moved to Memphis after leaving state and coached special teams at a high school near where I worked at a Chili's and I would wait on Jackie Sherrill all the time but that's a different thing <laughs> but uh they were good Wayne Mackin was the quarterback JJ Johnson was the running back they were fun 
Uh, I sort of got you. I think you have a moment where you really become a fan. Mine was during the SEC championship game. Tennessee and Mississippi State were playing. Mississippi State had a two-touchdown lead in the second half. And I wasn't even really – I was at an age where I wasn't really rooting one way or the next. But y'all know how fucking Tennessee fans are. They knew my stepdad was a Mississippi State fan. And these Tennessee – these adult Tennessee fans who are drunk at this party just start making fun of me. About Mississippi State. And from then on, I was like, dude – Fuck UT in the face, bro. Like, these are the worst people I've ever met. You guys wear prison uniforms everywhere. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't even like pumpkins. You know? And then, and then, like, we were up, and I started, like, talking shit, because I was like, I'm not going to be held down by these drunk adults, you know? How old were you at the time? Um, well, you know, Nick, I, I speak my mind. Uh, <laughs> when was that? Was that 01? Oh gosh, I thought it was longer that back than that. I thought that was like ninety six. No, it's not ninety six because it's after Peyton, T. Martin, and Peerless Price. I think it was two thousand. It was when they won their last national. When they were last good, two thousand, two thousand one, somewhere. All right, it was Alabama one. I think I was twelve. I think it was ninety seven. Let me look it up. That's gonna drive me crazy. Because I think it was before Alabama went. Because my first year, you were talking about becoming a fan. My first, like, I'm a diehard fan was 1999, Sean Alexander's senior year. Yeah, uh, that's that's the well, that's the Michigan game, right? Yes, with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But uh, I became a state fan at that, watching that game. And then it became like a badge of honor to be a state fan. And once it was galvanized and picked, I like University of Memphis a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. I've been like, I I loved the D'Angelo teams uh, with Memphis football, the Derrick Rose teams. Dewan Wagner was even kind of fun. Um, Reed loves Derrick Rose. Yeah, I do. He Rose was nice, man. It was ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay. okay. So we split I, I really the love love anybody that threatens LeBron's legacy at any point, <laughs> even if it's just like half a season. God, he was so good, wasn't he? Yeah. Before he, he got hurt. Yeah, no, he was. But yeah, I became a huge state fan, and I still follow them and everything to this day. Um, and we finally won a national championship this year. Congratulations. Yeah, but we're terrible at football. Uh, <laughs> I got you a gift for another gift. What is just this? Keep it going. So. This is a album River vinyl. It was made by uh, Rain Phoenix, and she wrote it. It has some of River's songs on it that he wrote before wow, he passed away. This is fucking sick. I, I figured uh, you'd like. I'm gonna it. put this on immediately when I leave here. When I get it's, home, it's interesting. I listened to it. It's definitely not bad. There's some, like, it's what you want someone named Rain to make. You know. And I think people would know. I was originally supposed to do another episode that included. A walking phoenix rolling it right oh wait what was that now what no oh, no, no, no. you were gonna boogie do boogie nights, nights. Okay. oh yeah yeah but you remember from the show in coleman how much i love walking phoenix yeah yeah that's what's up well man. i listened to your pod too and i listened to uh the one you did on the joker oh uh, yeah <laughs> because y'all, y'all have two once upon a time in hollywood and the joker which, where y'all just talk about one movie yeah kind of like what me and nick did so i was like oh i'll, I'll check those two out and uh clearly and you just love paul thomas anderson if you love pta i figured you'd have you'd like what this is great very sad the yeah. phoenixes grew up in a sex cult did you know that oh yeah well yeah. I, I was gonna ask you too do you think like that type of experience that type of pain and not you know losing your brother do you think that's like what makes joaquin such a great actor i don't know if great it's more like tortured 
I yeah. feel bad for him. Like I, I really respect Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know if I'd ever want to like hang out with him. You yeah. Know? Like, would you want to have dinner with Joaquin Phoenix? Like that seems. I, I would do it for the story, but I. But the I story, would, but I, would... I don't think it would be fun. You <laughs> know mean, what I'm saying? There's yeah, there's a long list of people that I could mention way before Joaquin Phoenix. Right, but his range is so like heavy. Josh Peck, and I think yeah, Josh Peck. <laughs> hang out with Josh Peck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got any coke bro uh, <laughs> this conversation's got a little dry hey, you got any of that uh whackness coke on you um no i so i think you take the two best actors of their generation right now are probably well denzel but he's sort of passed but i think the two number ones right now are like leo and joaquin right any movie they're in you're gonna watch it doesn't matter who directs it, what it's about. Daniel Day is retired. But I think what you get with Leonardo DiCaprio, he didn't go through that pain. So he can make a movie like Wolf of Wall Street where he's legit funny. Joaquin's never funny in anything. Even in Inherent Vice, which is supposed to be like a screwball comedy from Paul Thomas. You, you didn't think he was funny in The Joker? <laughs> it's a fucking riot, bro. Hey, I know a lot of hey. open micers like him, dude. I see it all the all the time. Every you know Monday. Who, you know who he follows in the Joker? Sam Morell. Sam Morell. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Also, uh who what other comics in it? Uh dude with the depression. G Golan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Gary. Gary. Yeah, Gary Golan. I just read that out of my address book. Yeah. Um So I think there's a difference between the two. I don't think it had to happen for him to be good, but it played into a lot of what he even like you watch i watched gladiator recently and i haven't watched it in a while i haven't either he is such a slimy there's so many layers to joaquin in that performance and i just forgot about it because you just remember the cool action and russell crowe but like joaquin has that thing where he can make you really I, I watched that movie for the first time in ninth grade when Alabama was playing Oklahoma in Oklahoma, like the eve of that game. We had a bunch of buddies like at my friend's house. It was like literally like late at night. We watched it, and I like, hated Joaquin Phoenix. I hated him. Like you're just sitting there like yeah! when he like dies at the end, you're so thrilled. It was the first time I've actually like hated someone so much, which made me realize like, oh, that's just incredible acting. Like for him to make right. me hate this character that much. Like, I mean, some of it sure is the writing of the character, but when you truly, I, that's to me that stands out more than anything. When I hate someone in a movie, like it's just like, man, they're killing it right now. Yeah. And I think with Joaquin, what you see oftentimes is there's with every character, there's this underlining deep sadness that you yeah. just kind of permit. Even like no, the characters no, you're, that you're are right. good, even like inherent vice, it's like supposed to be funny. And, but it's really like he's looking for this girl who's lost, who he was in love with, you know? And it's like, but with Leo, Leo doesn't have a lot of trauma. He well, was famous when he was young. I would say different things, though. I like Joaquin way more than Leo, but I just Leo, think Leo can be funny, whereas Joaquin is never going to be funny. Like the scene I, I, I can in give Wolf you that. When he takes the Quaaludes, and he's such a good actor. He's trying so hard. You're like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, uh, Joaquin's kind of funny in Signs. <laughs> <laughs> you really like Signs, bro. Yes, dude, I do like Signs. I was he gonna say though, uh, where he makes what, what were you gonna say? I think their backgrounds play into how they're how you believe them as actors. Like Leo, I believe him playing these rich, overprivileged 
really successful white guys. You don't buy the bad and, accident blood diamond. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like there there's the some some roles he plays that I don't believe him. But with Joaquin, I really believe these tortured roles because his pain. You're like, oh yeah, he's experienced a lot of pain. Like when he plays Cash uh, in the giant and walk the line, it's like. Oh man, I bet that's he feels. I bet that was therapeutic for him, like getting to act all that out. Uh, See, I I would recommend for you guys if you like Joaquin, you've named a bunch of his big movies. I would go with some small ones, like You Were Never Really Here. Have yeah, you guys seen that one? I saw that one. Uh, I have that's seen that one. Dark. I have seen Inherit Vice, but uh, Inherit Vice, yeah. you need to. That's number. That's Brolin. I saw, I saw Joaquin that one. Phoenix yeah. has an amazing opening scene. He's really good in it. Uh, Two Lovers was the movie he made. Right before um, he did You Were Never Really Here. If you haven't seen You Were Never Really Here, definitely. What was the documentary he did? That's he, You Were Never that, Really okay, Here. Okay, that's oh, what it, that's oh, what it was watch that, that I watched. That was on, that, that, that was on that, Netflix a long time ago. Yeah, like 2011. He made this small romance movie with Gwyneth Paltrow called Two Lovers. It's so fucking good. It's good. And he also, I know he's canceled, but he did a Woody Allen movie that's kind of interesting. No, it's fine. I'm into Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. I, I like some Woody Allen, you know. I mean, Annie Hall is incredible, in my opinion. Annie I love, Hall's I love, good. I really like movie. Midnight in Paris a whole I, lot. I love that movie, that's, too. That's a fun one. But, yeah, like, Joaquin, I, his smaller stuff is the stuff that, like, sort of blows me away. And, like, The Master. Oh, yeah. Where it's the stuff that's, like, people haven't really seen a ton hell yeah roger sterling okay this is a, <laughs> a pop figurine to roger sterling from my favorite television show mad men weirdly enough the wife of well josh peck's mom yeah yeah is played by roger sterling's wife in mad or men, first ex-wife who's also his real wife oh i didn't know they're actually married yeah that's how rogers uh why am i forgetting his name right now uh he got her the job because they were like, they're like, how do, like, who do you want to play your wife? He's like, just have my wife play my wife. Huh. Interesting. And they were like, really? And he's like, yeah. And that's how they got. But she plays uh, Josh Peck's mom in The Wackness. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that uh, Nick actually bought that before he watched the movie. And once yeah. he watched the movie, I was like, hey, good gift. <laughs> On my Instagram story the other night, I posted a Roger Sterling quote where uh, it was just such a good quote where he goes, uh, and I work in a sales background and he goes, the moment, the moment you win a customer is the moment you start to lose them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, hell yeah. Yeah. That's Roger Sterling. He, and he's so funny. Like you notice, cause like, I don't know if y'all have shows y'all love a lot that you watch a ton, but when you rewrite shows, you tend to like zone in on certain characters that you didn't pay attention. And every time Roger Sterling walks in a room in Mad Men, he hits it with a joke. There is a joke every time. You can count on it. And you don't pay attention to him a lot when you're watching it the first time, but when you watch it over again, you're like, oh, he made fun of Cosgrove's eye patch there. Just a little, just a little <laughs> dig, a little jab. You know, just a little like punch. Yeah, well, I love the line when the guy gets his foot cut off uh, on the lawnmower and he's like, oof, <laughs> right when he got his foot in the door. Uh, like, he's so, no, he's so he clever. He walks in right before that, he goes, Jesus Christ, looks like Korea out oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's hysterical. I, I think... I love uh, when he, like, has to go around giving people money to do these side projects for him, and he, like, ends up handing out the last one. He's like, I gotta stop walking around with more money, you know? Like, <laughs> no, I, thought, yeah. I thought he said, I gotta stop carrying so much oh, cash yeah, on it. me, because yeah, people kept fleecing him for money. 
<laughs> so in this, what was kind of funny, I I just remember we've always kind of talked about Mad Men and what a great show it was, and especially with comics. I remember one time talking about like paying comics on the show and then they get upset where they didn't get enough time or somebody went before or after them and it's that scene where like Don is yelling at Peggy and he's just like that's what the money's for that is what uh, the yeah. money I feel like that all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like I cannot bow to everybody can we just get over ourselves please so I was thinking about Mad Men I looked at Don Draper and I was like no Roger Sterling is Chris's guy like that's who I'm getting him but in this movie, in The Wackness, uh, Eleanor, who's played by Jane Addams, uh, her apartment immediately reminded me of, like, Midge Daniels mm -hmm. in Mad Men. That, like, or that was Rosemary DeWitt who played her, but she... From like, the first episode. Yeah, that, like... The Miles those, Davis is playing, and he's got to do the... He says the line to her that's so cool. She's like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I forgot to do my homework. And they've got the meeting with Lucky Strike that day. Uh, yes. Yeah, that that has. She's also, I think, in the episode where he like goes and he gets stuck in their room where they're smoking and like the police police are outdoors. Yeah, the hair. Well, she like is a heroin addict. Yeah, she yeah. Tries to con part. him later right. on. Yeah, everything about that just took me back to her little like apartment in New York, and it was just like, oh man, like this is very similar for me. So one theory uh, I have about Roger Sterling, I think he's the real Don Draper, in that Don Draper is really dick. Uh, Whitman, Dick Whitman, yeah, and Dick White Man, kind of funny, but uh, uh, <laughs> but he's actually Dick Whitman, and he's trying to be, you know, what he thinks Don Draper is, yeah, and, and he's, he, he modeled model himself Roger after Sterling. Roger Sterling, who actually, you know, grew up in that lifestyle. So I just always kind of think he's the real Don There's Draper. There's so many great, right? My maybe my favorite Roger Sterling moment comes toward like the second to last episode of the whole series, where him and Peggy are like left in the abandon Sterling Cooper Draper office and like he pays her to hang out with him. I mean, no. Yeah. He pays her to hang out with him and he gives her that uh, picture from Cooper's office. That's the octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Going down on the woman. And he like gives her, he goes, this is like 150 years old. Here's your present for hanging out with me. And she like looks at she goes, I can't put this in my oh, office. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, why not? And she goes, I'll make men uncomfortable. You can't do that. And Roger Stern goes, who said that? <laughs> like, you can tell, like, Roger's whole thing is like, I want to make people uncomfortable. Like, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? This is fantastic. I love this a lot. It's going to, I have the, like, Mad Men box set. Like, the collector one. Oh, okay. I'm a nerd about that real, show. Uh, so, I knew you were a big fan of it. and It's my favorite show. It's, it's the whitest thing about me. I, and I hate that. <laughs> I hate that Mad Men's my favorite show, but I just can't. It's it's lie. great. It's probably my top, my third favorite show. Yeah, it's, I like uh, Wire and Sopranos, and then Mad Men's right there. Well, dude, I bought this chain because I've been watching the Sopranos. Tony, Tony. I was like I need to get a chain. Everybody's got a chain, bro. Yeah, I'm strapping up for many. He's also newer. he's also wearing a velvet jogging suit right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked your wife beater too. Lord, yeah, I need to get a Saint Christopher pendant. You know, just that, that explains the gabagool you brought over. Yeah. Too. <laughs> this, this, a box of ZD in the fridge. <laughs> I love The Wire, too. R.I.P. Michael K. Williams. Yeah, what a bummer. Man, that's yeah, like, no during doubt. the pandemic, what did y'all read? Because I rewatched so much shit. I rewatched Mad Men. I did, too. I was sick, and it was... Uh, I, when I got COVID, I just... It was so... It's such a subtle show. You can fall asleep to that shit. Yeah, you yeah. Can, it just doesn't annoy me. Like, I can, wa I can watch it over and over. Pete Campbell's so funny, too. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I enjoy Pete. Like I watch it, mom and dad. They hate Pete. I'm like, I don't know. Pete says what he's thinking. Like, yeah. Yeah. Pete's I, actually like, uh, like he can be a dirtbag. But cares more about the business than Pete. <laughs> no one, man. <laughs> and did you you know his hairline? They like shaved that back progressively yeah. throughout the show. So that's like, I don't know. I feel like that takes a lot of guts to be like, yeah, do that. That takes a lot of commitment. And the blue suit and just like how Weasley is all mm-hmm. the time. I have been trying to get this for okay. a few months. I missed it the first day it came out. You fucked up giving this to me, man. I'm not going to pay attention to this podcast. I'm just going to look through this. See, Inherent Vice, first page. There you go. Nick gave Chris a Paul Thomas Anderson uh, book. Called Masterworks. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's really almost like just a picture book of his work. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I'm into it. I love his use of color. Well, you picked Boogie Nights, and we did Boogie Nights, and I... I'd never seen Boogie Nights. My roommate hadn't seen Boogie Nights. My roommate freaked out. You're kind of the first returning guest in a way. <laughs> yeah, I like it, dude. I'm very on. I'm very honored that I introduced you guys to two movies you hadn't watched. Well, Nick, Wackness I'd watch. I'd watch Boogie Nights. Okay. Uh, I hadn't watched The Wackness though. So we'll get into The Wackness after this. But one last thing for you. You might already have this too. I'm not sure. But it's the collector's edition of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This has the posters in it. Oh yeah. It ha- and e- even more Guys, than that. what? Are y'all trying to fuck me? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> Do I have to take my pants off? What is this, a Harvey Weinstein podcast? Yeah, you, you wore that wife beater in sending Dude, that message. so I have the steel case one, but the day this came out, I couldn't get it. The Barnes & Noble was already sold out. Dude, like, I'm... I'm I mean, I, guys, I am, like, kind of freaking out a little bit. This is a whole Mad Magazine Quentin Tarantino wrote about it. This is my favorite thing up in here is... Uh, There's a poster that he did with one of the uh, Italian movies. Operation Dynamite. With Leo, yeah. One of the Italian uh, westerns. Which or I'm going to frame this Or the James tonight. Bond-like one. Yeah, the Operation Dynamite. And then also it has the Rick Dalton commercial uh, vinyl. <laughs> The Leo when singing. They do it hot yeah. <laughs> behind the screen door. Dude, I've I've gotta say, I have this is the movie I put on now to like go to sleep. Me to. me too. I, I was I told you I listened to your Once Upon a Time in Hollywood podcast, uh, and that I was thrilled when you loved that movie because I feel like a lot of Tarantino fans don't like it uh, as much because not it's not as violent or action packed, it's a little bit slower. And I and I love it. I do the same thing though. And like I've watched this movie thirty times because I'll just throw it on at night and I'll wake up to hippies being killed and then I'll just go back to sleep. Or like you'll be in it and you'll be like, man, I'll, I'll stay up. You know, I like I like a movie to rewatch that you can like. I'm gonna watch this scene from the movie. Yeah. Like I want to watch when Leo first is like meets that little girl and tells the story. <laughs> Oh, I love I love all of that. That this acts. is my favorite Leo uh, role. Uh, oh yeah, when he freaks out in the trailer, which he ad libbed. That's that wasn't am- that's amazing. Script. Yeah, he wanted Quinn to do it. He's like, this is what should happen, and it's. I think because you watch the movie first and you're like fucking Brad Pitt, bro. Like I would fuck he's, him. He's like, dreamy. On here, yeah. Like he's so good. We're looking. trying to get him on the pod yeah. too. <laughs> he's actually our next guest. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so cool. You're I like, hope he I likes our Funko Pops. Him. I want to drive like him. I want his badass dog. And it's oh, I like, know. And it sort of takes over the movie. And then when you watch it, you're like, oh, Leo's doing the heavy lifting here. Yeah, Brad. Well, Brad's doing a lot of storytelling. Brad's just being cool. 
he is, but he's doing a lot of like uh, just with his face and emotions. Like he's doing a lot of things without words. But Leo just—I've never seen Leo with so much emotion in a movie. Leo, it's great to see him be insecure and be losing it. But think about think about it like this: what he's doing. He's he's a Leo's a really good actor who's playing a not that good actor that thinks he's really good that also has a speech impediment when he's not acting <laughs> just all the choices are like wow that is some next level type of shit like i i don't know i i just i think it's it's man it's so and it's only getting better I think it might be my second favorite. Have you read uh, the novelization yet? I did. Yeah, yeah I did. I did too. So I, I just did. we're on how the same much, level. How yeah. Much better is it with the novelization? Well, it makes you realize and how like scary is Cliff. I feel Boone. like exactly. I should leave and let you guys hang out. <laughs> I get excited about move. Like movies are my favorite thing. Like I went and saw the car. Like I see movies the day they come out. Like I'm leaving here and I'm taking a girl to go see <laughs> the eyes of Tammy Faye Bake. Like I see a movie a week. It's like my thing, but yeah, I, I wish I, you would have said yeah. something like terrible. Oh, my God. I'm leaving here. We're going to watch the proposal right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's playing of two bucks down. Yeah, in. we're gonna go watch. I don't even know what's terrible that's out right now. We're gonna go watch uh, some. What is it? The Hobbs movie? Hobbs and Shaw. That's what we're gonna watch. <laughs> Guys, this is this is incredible, and it is almost Nardwar worthy. I would say. Well, I appreciate that's it. That's the highest compliment we can get. I mean, get. dude, I have wanted this. I have wanted both of these things so bad. Like, I'm very excited. Wow. Holy shit. What What can I do now? You well, know? just don't well, don't look at him for the rest of the pod. I won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Are we, we getting into... Yeah, we get into the whackness now, I think. I think now it's probably time. I love at the point of the movie where they do use the tribe song because really, if you let's say you've never listened to hip hop before and it's like, I'm supposed to give you a tape that you put in and listen to hip hop. Can I kick it? Will probably be the first song that just about anybody can get into hip hop with. Yeah. You your can, your like, grandpa your will be out. Who, who's that? Lou Reed. They're like, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. The drums are simple. It's like, can I kick it? Yes, you can. It's inviting. It's nice. So when he gives him the tape, and that's the first track. I, I did like that. I, I, I thought that I thought that was the most touching moment of the movie for me personally. The just the can I kick it? And he's trying to get off drugs. That 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 scene gave me the chills, which I didn't get uh, in any other scene in this movie. But that scene really grabbed my attention. Yeah, I need a shout out too while we're talking about Tribe. Today is the 30th anniversary of Low End Theory. Like it came out September 27th, 1991. No way. Yeah, this is and, and also today. It's the 30th anniversary of Nirvana, Nevermind. So, yes. And Red that. Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sex Magic. So, like, a lot of people think that day was one of the best releases of music. Uh, I saw that on The Ringer. I read an article about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I had seen, I just noticed the tribe thing. I, I saw that article too, but I, th I just thought that was crazy. Uh, that they all dropped on the same day. Yeah. And it may, it, when I saw that, like, this movie, when I watched it, I enjoyed it, but I think I liked it the more after i watched it because it just made me get back into hip-hop and want to want to listen to hip-hop more that's and that's really what moves the movie is that like this the, the music is really what moves it it's yeah. way more of a music video than a movie it's I almost like say. a musical a little bit like. right yeah and the, so the reason i picked this movie is because number one i love movies but i'm a softie i love rom-coms i love romance movies i also love coming of age teenage movies it doesn't matter if it's like uh into the wild 
fast times at Ridgemont high, you know, any, any like sort of we're in high school dazed and confused. Mm -hmm. I just love those types of movies. And I feel like Ferris people Bueller. haven't watched this one enough. <laughs> not another teen movie. Oh, not, not, <laughs> hey, I fuck with that varsity blues. I fucking love, oh, dude, I love varsity. Blues. I give it a 10, a fucking 10, you know, like I mess with varsity blues hard. I, I love teenage movies and I feel like this one's in the canon, but it's a different teenage movie. Cause it looks at a guy who's just sort of a loner and you sort. And the thing I love about it is you're watching it and we've all had a girl we've been into who was way out of our league, who gave us a little taste and we <laughs> thought it was going to be for real. And she was kind of just fucking around like it was no big deal. And then it wrecks you. And I think, I can't think of another movie that plays that note like this one where you're watching. You're like, Oh, she's going to fucking ruin this guy's life. Like he's going to be so depressed as she is not as into you as you are into her. And this is going to be bad for you. When he tells her he loves her that scene That's and rough. she goes, Oh, Oh, and then they have, they like ride the train together. <laughs> yeah, they're just walking back in silence. Yeah. Walking back in silence. And then they leave and he like tries to give her a kiss and she moves and like gives him an awkward side hug. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I fucking, yeah, I've been there, man. I got it. As someone who had been there, I was kind of like Ben Kingsley when he's like, Hey, she's just bored. Like you're, you're, she doesn't like you. She's just bored. He tries to warn, but how many times have you tried to warn a buddy about a girl? And it's just like, it's Especially best to not say from anything. like 16 to 20. Yeah. You know, when you are so intense and you're just like, oh, and it's like, oh man, the losing is Virginia. It's a lot of uncomfortable moments. It was very Michael Scott for me because I was someone that said, I love you too early and get burned like that. Everybody's like, I know, it. but like it, it really, like I was like, I, do I like this movie? I don't think I like this movie. It makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> Cause you're like, you see yourself like when he calls her and he was like, so you said you'd like call me in a week and it's been a week. But like technically, it hasn't. Oh, all those things. I feel I'm cringing just talking about it. And then he's like, it. starts getting angry, and he's like, "You know what? I'm doubling down. Screw I you, do fucking yeah, love yeah, you, bitch. yeah." And he's like, "Oh God, oh no, I've been there." And then the scene where he calls her back, and he's like, "So I think this could like work. You know what I?" <laughs> I, I had no idea why he went over to her apartment at any point in time after after that phone call. And that and that Asian dude is like kiss her on there he's like you got any weed yeah. and he's seething with anger but the asian dude has no idea yeah no. and he goes no i do not and the asian dude's like, uh drinking a 40 is like okay yeah that's like your thing man <laughs> excuse me <laughs> but that's why i picked this movie because i think i think it's just it's it's a coming age show which i love but it's different than a lot of ones and i think it hits a nerve of honesty also i like the idea of do you remember like did you guys ever stay for like summer in college and like just oh, class yeah. in the summer? Yeah. And it was like way different. The place kind of vacant. You would make friends in yeah. the summer that everyone that, just sells weed and ice cream machines too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not believable, but you know, like a, where you make a friend that could be like a girl or somebody that you'd be like, we'd never hang out, but we just happen to be stuck. Mm -hmm. and, and here or like starts back and she disappears yeah or even like summer in high school where you make a couple friends in the summer because like shit we didn't go on vacation or we're not at like the lake also you know what i mean 
Or like or I used shit, to spend my, I used vacation. to spend my. Uh, no, I was on vacation actually. <laughs> yeah, you fucking rich people. No, we I made vacation spend, friends. I used to go spend my summers in Houston, and I'd always make friends around my grandparents' neighborhood. That it like we would never we would never talk again after the summer, but like mm-hmm. we would be tied to shit for like five weeks. We would go to stay. This is not as cool as like going on vacation, but we'd go stay with my great grandmother in South Carolina. Do you remember the neighbor that had the trampoline? Yeah, of course. Like, like, yeah, it was like, all right, we're just going to go over there and jump on the trampoline. You know, we had nothing the guy, to the do The kid loved Michael Jordan? Yes. So his dad comes, his dad's like, boys, you guys like Michael Jordan? And we're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, come That's inside. such an easy question. Yeah. Do you like Michael Jordan? I mean, yeah, duh. More of a Pippin guy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Scott. I really, yeah, I really like John Starks a lot in <laughs> <Yeah>. Ewing. <laughs> More of a Knicks fan, you know? <laughs> Uh, I, we touched on the sex scenes, but I just wanted to say, just get back to how rough, okay. rough they so, were. So cause... those are the things I love. <laughs> we can do some nitpicks right here because there's a lot of stuff. Well, I enjoyed I, I thought it was, like you said, it was cringeworthy, but it's also like honest, I guess. But it's also like I've never seen a sex scene where you get uh, erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation in the same scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I haven't. Me personally, people like talk about whiskey dick. I did it did not happen when I was eighteen years old. Oh yeah, that's his first time. But yeah, an erection was like a medical condition. It wasn't going to go away unless <laughs> something happened to it. Like something had it didn't just stop itself at eighteen. <laughs> oh no, that's I true. Had three wine coolers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, I could fuck off of like a bottle of Jack Daniels. You know what I mean? Like a full bottle and be like. This thing is hard as shit. I cannot get away from it. <laughs> and this is the part of the podcast where mom starts listening to something else on the radio. Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> to your mom. Uh, I apologize. Nah, it's, it's okay. She doesn't need to listen. You know? <laughs> sure, sure, we're, we're trying to get weed her out. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> trying to sift through. So the sex scenes are very awkward. I was so thankful, though, when you you're talking about the voicemail scene. I was so thankful that pound three exists now where you can like completely backtrack out of a bad voicemail like that and just delete it. And it's like, all right, I'm just going to do take two here. Call me back when you get a chance. Yeah. It's also like, because it's said in 1994, he can't send a text message, which isn't as cinematic or as cringeworthy. You know what I mean? Cause now I would imagine people just send like weird messages, you know, it's like you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> But calling from a payphone outside in the street where people can hear you slowly melt down. He treated is... it like a drug deal. Like. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Page me. And But I will say this. The thing about the sex scenes, they're very awkward. But isn't like when you first start having sex, like kind of awkward? Sure, but not, my, not that awkward. Not, 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 you've never had it. Not, yeah. I mean, you're saving yourself for marriage. Uh <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there, buddy. Yeah, man. One day. I, I, I hear it's fun. <laughs> I hear good things. It'll put hair on your chest. That's what they say. I think I think that's awkward. Uh we can all agree Ben Kingsley is a terrible psychologist, right? Like oh, yeah. just really bad at his job. Yeah, he's not great. Egregiously bad. Someone should take his medical license. <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, he's not spectacular. You can't become friends with your patients. You also can't buy drugs from them. <laughs> yeah, 
and he got arrested like and yeah. well i also uh noticed that in this movie there's no evidence that he has any other patients <laughs> he talks there about them where they like pop in oh yeah you're and right there's Damn. different people showing <laughs> but there is a lot of him sitting alone in his office dicking around my favorite line in the movie is from him though is when he says uh he says, oh, no, the patient canceled uh, their appointment today. And he goes, well, they committed suicide yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he's, like, drunk and he's like, he's, like, he's like, don't worry about her. Like, go have sex with a black girl. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> I always wanted to do that in college. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, he, the, the psychology scenes aren't good. Also, the random his parents being evicted. Oh yeah, yeah. Like what? Why is and this story and, going on? And twenty six thousand dollars didn't do anything. They're just like, no. Nah. Well, if you live on the Upper East Side, you're right. Six thousand dollars is lunch. That's you know few, what I that's mean? A few like, months rent, maybe. <laughs> I that that part is just strange. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna sound so bad. When I first saw the movie, I was a lot younger. You know, it came out in what? Oh eight. Yes, oh eight. Oh eight. So I was nineteen. I, I bet you I, my really biggest connected beef with, with the movie. My biggest beef with the movie was like, she's not that bad. You know what I mean? Not like to make it ruin your whole life. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wait, the girl. Wait. Yeah. The girl. That was my biggest gripe. I was like, she's not. Oh yeah. She's all right. They're yeah. Like she's like, all right. Days. You know what I mean? Like she smokes cigarettes indoors. Like this is a lifestyle she lived. My, my b biggest gripe was definitely Method Man's accent. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know God. if he did a bad job. It just I love his voice so much, and he, it just threw me off. I was Listen, like, why? It they took doing a lot this? of work for him to get to the Deuce. Okay, it took a lot of work. I love for the Deuce and Wire Cheddar. All, all his roles that yeah. he does. I mean, he was bad. He's very bad. He's great in the sitter. <laughs> he's uh he's Buster Rhymes was, in Finding Forrester back. To me, it was this. I, I was I watched. I told Nick, I was like, I feel like this is. I'm watching Cliff take his first L right here. <laughs> like he's usually cool in every other scenario. I love how they have uh the what they're playing play, the what in the playing background. in the background. Yeah, that's awesome. As he's going, yeah, that's incredible. And they just let it play too. I was worried they're gonna like cut it before Method Man's part. <laughs> what if he came in in that accent? Oh yeah. <laughs> incredible the music is so good the soundtrack alone every track on it is just like i want to listen i listen so i watched this movie at my office this afternoon it was like playing while i was doing work because i've seen a bunch of times and on the way here i was just like listening to tribe like oh yeah this is the no best. i i listened to low in here uh low in theory earlier today and day, like to. the de la soul tracks on it uh flavor in your ear plays at a real cool point um I like I I really like Josh Peck in this. I know it's funny to make fun of him because he's Drake and Josh, but he's like the uncomfortable stuff. It's like he plays it for real. Like so I, he had you just feel it. he had just gotten his heart broken. He said, "Who in the fuck?" Sorry, that was cool. Sorry, guys. No, you you gotta take it. That's all no, right. I don't have to take it. This <laughs> person, <laughs> it's Ham Bagby. He just wants to be like, wasn't the show great last night? <laughs> I love him, but uh... <laughs> shout out to Ham Bagby. <laughs> shout out, hey, fucking Ham Bagby is a uh, best guitar player in Alabama. I was gonna say though, for me, Josh Peck, it was hard for me to take serious at first because I was going, he's trying to be like this hard street guy, but then I started to realize, oh, he's. He's just a whack kid who is kind of hiding behind he's all this, this hip hop persona. You know, he really 
is finding his personality in the music he listens to, and he's kind of adopting that as his own. Yeah, like and he's a lo- he plays an absolute loser. Exactly, and once I realized that, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, I really, once the movie got super silly, I was like, I, I started to realize what it is, and I enjoyed his character a lot. And there's a lot of vulnerability. Like, I love the scene when he uh, walks out of the doctor's office and the stepdaughter's there, Olivia Thrillby, and she's like, oh, he's got patients that are crazy. He's got this one patient that's like a, a, a serial masturbator. And he goes, what? Even though he knows it's him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He goes, this guy masturbates seven times a day. And he goes, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know he that, that was him. I just like, figured, I, that, that, I just figured he was him. like, oh, that's rookie numbers, you know? No, 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 that's very much him. Because he funny. even, when she's like, he goes, he goes, can he like talk to you about his patience? And she's like, he's not supposed to, but he does anyway. Yeah. It's just another layer of him being a loot. Like he goes to, when he goes to that party after graduation to sell him weed, he goes, I didn't know there was a party. And the guy's like, Dude, it's the graduation party. Oh, yeah. And he just sits up on a billboard by himself smoking. I was like, man. And then falls asleep on top of the building. Like, he's a loser. Yeah, no doubt. An- another problem I have with this You movie. hear that, Josh? <laughs> no, you're no, a loser, I, hey, Josh. I think you're really good in this movie, man. I think you're real. I think it's underrated how good he is because he's got the stink of everything Josh, else Josh, don't him. listen to but him. But I, I thought love it played you. into that character almost because it's like he's just that goofy guy still. He's just hiding he has behind. No this persona yeah 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 he's just like a bum weed dealer we well nobody here has ever purchased weed i would imagine but if you did uh, i have purchased weed from people who are not uh quote unquote cool guys you know what i mean some of them are very strange individuals i used to get weed when i was in college from a guy named jigga J, a a white meth head who had a glass eye. I was imagining white when you said that name. Yeah, <laughs> That's what he wanted us to call him. White meth head with a glass eye. And he would sell, he would sell weed, but he'd wow. want you to hang. That's like the, uh, who's the diamond eye rapper. It's like <laughs> yeah. the white version of that. Like slick Rick. Or I'll, oh, Slick Rick works. I was, but I was thinking Fetty Wap. I was thinking the oh, Fetty Wap. Yeah. A, Al- it was a more of a Fetty Wap situation. <laughs> it's the Alabama rapper, though. I think y'all would know the guy. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Big? Mr. Big, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. The last Mr. Big. Yeah, there you go. I love when uh, Josh Pegg is like, girl, you know, like, I, he's like, she's in the water, and he's sitting there like, he's about to, like, blow it. You know, he's about to tell her, I love you. And he's, like, running over the lines. He's like, I don't know. I just, like... Love you. Like, I want to listen to Boys to Men with you. Yeah. yeah. He tries to be hard about it. He's like, I love you. I love you. Like, I got mad I, love for you, yeah, Shawnee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my no, gosh. Yeah. You are such a loser, bro. I know. Like, that's where I started. At that point, I'm dying laughing. Oh, I'm that just was like, great. Man, this kid's such a nerd. I also felt so bad for him that he's like, and then they get finished having sex in the shower which you're just like there's yeah. no way like that he goes from like can't have any sex and now he's a professional enough to do it in the shower now it lasts like, a minute yeah like now it lasts a full 59 <laughs> seconds knows quicker is it over he's like I love you it's like bro you're making every wrong step here you have ruined this uh, but it's it's almost in a way like a tragedy because there's that scene in the movie that yeah. I love. Ro- Romeo goes, and Juliet, for where sure. He, well, where he goes home to his mom, and he goes, I think I'm in love. Oh, oh yeah. And then she goes home, and uh, it was like, how was your day? And she was like, I don't know. It was uneventful. Oh, yeah. That was a bummer. But the it's, whole it's time. It's just like, I think it mirrors, like, 
girls and guys when you're young. I, I you're probably right, but I th also thought that scene though. The mom like definitely should have called him out for like like you look high as shit right now. <laughs> like something's she wrong because he just watched and he goes like indubitably. He just or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and he just walked in with like the biggest smile. He's like, oh my god. But he did give her like a big. You're right. Of there was cash. a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The day That's before, true. Is that, this is my biggest gripe of the movie, okay? His parents, like, don't care about him smoking weed. That's dude, what selling dude, weed. he has... At the very beginning, he opens the drawer up. He's like, five pounds. Dude, <laughs> yeah. There's, like, six QPs in The that neighbors would be smelling that. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. like... That's stash house weed. And it's, like, supposed to be, like, bubblegum and kush and, like, really good. And it's, like... And it doesn't seem like he has that many customers. You know what I mean? Dude, he has like five. He has like five. <laughs> Who's moving all this weight? And all they do is buy quarters. <laughs> Ashley Olsen. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Mary Kay. Yeah. Oh, Get it right. Yeah. One of them. But this just, I thought it was silly. I was just sitting there going like. I like Mary Kay how for easy, a second. How easy was it for a white dude to 94? Like, this guy's just walking around selling weed out of an ice cream machine that doesn't even have ice cream in it. And it's just got a reek walking down the street. Just, like, absolutely yeah. reek. He, he never sells ice cream once. Not I don't think he time. has it. The only uh, thing he has in there other than weed was booze. Yeah. Mm. If I was walking around that thing, I would have, I would have alternating tubs. And I would just be walking around always with ice cream in my hand, just to be like, "Hey, hey everybody knows they, they'd believe you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's ice cream in this shit, bro. That's funny. All the um, talk about Rudy Giuliani cleaning up the city is a fun little subplot. I think, I think it nails the era pretty good. I wasn't I, like ready to die coming out, and people. I would like kind of say. forget sometimes, like because even when they'd say like. Oh yeah, is this about Kurt Cobain's death? You know, uh, I'd like free. I mean, oh yeah, it is nineteen ninety four. That did just happen. Yeah, uh, but the music. I feel like they remind you a little too much that you're in nineteen ninety four. But it is a little over the head. But you over the head. I had just watched uh, "Do the Right Thing" oh, man. for the first time. And that was so, the first time seeing it. First time seeing it. Then I watched "The Wagness." So honestly, on my first watch, I was a little disappointed because. You know, do the right thing. The atmosphere and the environment of the streets. Well, do the right thing was made in '92. It, it was made eight, '89, but yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, '89. Yeah, yeah, but Why am close I three enough. Three years off close, on everything today. <laughs> it happens. Uh, but no, I had to look it up because I was like, man, these this felt like a 1994, like just or what I think the '90s are like, where these these streets it almost just felt like modern day to me a little bit. But I still I still like the movie a lot. Uh, Another reason I picked this is this was one of the first movies I had to like seek out that wasn't a big movie. Like I had read about it. Oh yeah, it's definitely indie. on a plane on a plane flight in a GQ magazine. There's a little blurb and it's like Ben Kingsley. They're like, oh, I know who Ben Kingsley is. He's great. He's like, he's a therapist who buys weed from Josh Peck <laughs> and Mary Kate Olsen's it. I was like, I gotta watch this movie, and I had to go to like a weird movie theater. I was living in Memphis out at the time like outside of memphis there's just movie ruiner stickers i had made oh cool oh, man just you. came in someone knocked on the oh door. i didn't know <laughs> yeah like i was like i thought it was a good way to yeah dude good idea uh but it was put this on my car <laughs> <laughs> uh i thought it was the first movie i had to seek out which sort of started how i find movies now that's and, like, interesting this one, it, and this is a weird movie to be one of the first, but it's one of the first ones I can remember. Like, 
I heard about it at Sundance. I did research. I had to like find out when it was coming to Memphis, what movie theater, where, and this is like when you didn't have internet just on your phone all the time and it wasn't easy. And it was like a bit, like I went the first day I could go see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love, I actually really like the direction in the movie a lot. I think the color tones are cool. I think some of the shots are really cool. Like the opening shot when he's in the, uh, office, the way it zooms in from the top. Yeah. I think, I and think that, I, fr- that you do a really good it. job. When I listen to your podcast, you do a lot better job than me and Nick do of talking about like cinematography and all that stuff. Well, so reason- I, I'll take your word for it. But like, I did like, I did like a lot of the shots. Well, the director's Jonathan Levine. Mm-hmm. And y'all have seen a lot of his movies, but you don't know that you have. 50-50 with Seth Rogen. Yes, Warm Bodies is another Warm one I Bodies saw. Warm Bodies is yep. really good. Mm-hmm. The music in that's great. He nails music in his movies. Yeah, I like all, all those movies. Yeah. The Night Before. Uh, oh, uh, the Christmas I movie. I didn't love that. I didn't, I'm just saying you know his Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, and I, just, I love 50-50. I thought that was great. I hate – this is his like only movie, this and Warm Bodies, that are sort of like – rom com he got to do what he wanted to do. You know, he mainly does studio comedies now, which is not bad. I even like that movie he did with Charlize Theron and uh, uh, Seth Rogen. He, oh, okay. He did uh, The Candidate or what was that called? Long Shot? The Long Shot, Long yeah, Shot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, so I like that movie. I thought it was pretty funny. But, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. But uh, I just, I, I like that director a lot. Warm Bodies is a good one. People listening, yeah, if you I, haven't I seen like Warm Bodies. One. John Malkovich is great in it. He's really good, and the music's just. <laughs> is that the it, zombie movie? Yeah. Yeah, the zombie movie where he falls in love with the. And it brings him back, and he's, yeah. like, he's like a half Who's zombie. Who's the other zombie? It's not, it's not Vince Vaughn. Who's the other, like, zombie that he. Oh, it's the guy. It's uh, the guy in Mad Max. Like, the, it's the guy with the bald head. He's in everything. Oh, Stanley Tucci. No, oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 um, let me look this up. I wasn't, it's not Rob Riggle, uh, <laughs> Rob Cordry, Rob oh, Cordry, yeah, 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 yeah. bodies, right? He is. Yeah. 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 I love Rob Cordry. He's funny. I sort of hate the ending of the movie. It should end when he leaves, when he gives the monologue to the girl where he's like, no, 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 I'm not like, I'm just going to leave so I can feel this. Yeah. Which is real. And the movie should end. But it goes on, and like he has this scene where he's telling his grandparents and his parents, "I'm gonna be a psychiatrist." Oh yeah, I should have enough. Uh, I should have enough experience because I'm around you fucking crazy. Oh people. yeah, yeah. And it's like God, you are indignant. No, Just he, shut up. He, like, was, let, he was a lot. I'm a big deal where, where movies end. I, I like No Country for Old Men. My, one of my favorite endings in a movie. Oh, I love it. It ends at the perfect moment. And, like, sometimes movies, I'm like, damn, this would be so much better if it ended the correct way. Yeah. What's what's your movie ending that you could change that you're like, if this movie had... So a- many. I have so many. Uh, let me think real quick. One for me, the the Joker, we touched on that, but the when that ends, I wish it would have ended right when the riot was taking place. Right. Like, right when he's, like, looking up and he does the smile on his face. Oh, the face. fucking Batman's parents thing was stupid. Yeah, yeah. That was dumb. Like, that was... Well, that's what, I think that's how it was in the original one. Uh, in, like, Dude, 60s, I've seen Batman's but... parents get killed so many times. I know they die. Yeah. I know a hoodlum shoots them outside <laughs> of a place. Like, I've seen... Think of how many times you've seen Batman's parents die. Mm-hmm. Either animated or you've seen them die... In the show Gotham. Yeah, I love it. You've seen him die (laughs) in the Batman Begins. 
You've seen him die in Batman. I've, the I've seen Tim him. Burton one. You've yeah. seen him die in all the animated shows. Well, I'm the glad they're ones. talking about it, though. It bugs me more that they won't show uh, Ben Parker die in, in, right. in the Spider-Man no, movie. That does bug me. <laughs> Marissa, by the way, Marissa Tomei is way too hot. Ridiculous. I, yeah, she just not How hot was is, Uncle Ben? Is, yeah. is Brazzers doing the casting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uncle Ben was Cliff Booth, dog. Like, <laughs> I mean... Dude, Uncle Ben must have been a great... It was like Ryan Reynolds, probably. Yeah, somebody like somebody who could lay the piece down, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I don't like the ending of this movie. Movies I don't love the ending of, there's a bunch. There's a lot. I think so many third acts stink. Like, I love the first two acts of so many movies, and then the third act's so bad where I'm like, I'm just not going to talk about it this. It is tough to land the plane. <laughs> I mean, and that's what yeah. pilots say. And, and I think people run out of money. They run out of budget, and they're like, ah. <laughs> TV shows, too, are huge. Like, the last season of The Wire is bad. It's uh, bad. So, it's bad. That would never happen. It would never end that way. All those dudes so would go to So it jail. is, but I've recently read a story that was like almost real life. These people, these cops made up a serial killer. And did, like I still hate how Bignolte does the voice. And they're, and they're, but there was something where they juked the stats to have the budget feed in. I mean, no, I believe it. I've read the same thing. And, yeah, it's it, just, may, it made me like it more, but I still agree uh, outside of the finale episode. I love the, I love the ending, but. Or like Sopranos. Some of that, some of the last two seasons is a lot of filler, even though I think the last episode's a masterpiece with how it ends. Yeah, like, see, I don't care about Carmela and like Tony, their affairs. And oh, that's, dude, that's I don't care about Meadow Soprano and her yelling at her boyfriend for a whole episode. Like, why are we here? What is going on? Yeah, there, there's some family stuff, but I always love any scene with Tony, of course. <laughs> yeah, Tony's the man. Uh, what else? Like, I think. Like Pulp Fiction has such a great ending. Is all right. Once upon a time in Hollywood, is that you like the ending there? <laughs> it's such a hang movie. I just sort of accept it. Yeah. Um, it's on the nose with the meal hurt, but it does tie everything together nicely, and you get back to Sharon Tate, and you do get the. You do get the funny bit with him still carrying the margarita as he's drinking it down. And you just So get, he still has the margarita and yeah, he goes, I oh, burned yeah. those bitches to a crisp. And he goes, What? He goes, Yeah, I have a, I have a flamethrower flame in my garage. From the forty two at McCluskey or whatever. Yeah, and he goes he goes he goes, It works. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and when he goes from the forty two fifth it's yeah, yeah. it's okay, you know. I I don't know how you end that. I remember because I watched it with Nick Thomas, and this is from the mm -hmm. podcast we did. But love Nick Thomas. I remember being confused two thirds of the way through, and Nick being like, "It's all about the pop up." When nothing happens at Spawn Ranch, I'm like, "Wow, this is really yeah." He faked you out there. a diversion, and Nick goes, "It's about to pop off." And when the Manson family comes in. Nick turns to me and goes, it's still a fucking Tarantino movie, bro. Things are popping off. Yeah. <laughs> currently. Is, when she, do you, I hear, just, do you my, hear that pop? That pop? <laughs> also, like in movies when they keep, like it was upon a time where he's making the margarita, he comes out with the picture, goes, hey, fucking get this hunk of shit out of here. And he like has uh, yeah. it. And then the cops come and he's still drinking it, but it's like watered down. And then it shoots him in the next scene, and he's now moved it to a small glass. <laughs> like he's not going to not drink this whole margarita he made, even though all this shit happened. 
<laughs> it's the most realistic thing. Like an alcoholic's definitely gonna be like, I'm not. No, I'm gonna keep with this margarita. That ends okay. Uh, I do like though the ending just because you get to pretty much imagine how like the resurgence of his career. It's like, oh man, he's definitely gonna even if he doesn't like meet people that night, he's just he's coming back. But but no, I kinda agree with you. It didn't end and I was like, Oh my god I don't like a sentimental ending either, have like you saving seen, private Ryan. Have you seen Pelop one, two, three? Yeah. The the I've seen both have you seen well, the old, I'm talking about the old, oh, one. The old one. I, I love rips. when he the guy coughs <laughs> and it can it yeah. not to spoil the ending, but uh, that's how he catches it. I mean it's just, a fifty year old movie. Get over yeah, it, people. Yeah. This is your fault. What about Inception? Oh God, you want to get me started on a Christopher Nolan conversation? Listen, Christopher Nolan's made one good movie all the way through, and we all know what it is. It's The Dark Knight, and it's incredible, and it's an all-timer. The Dark Knight Rises just keeps fucking going. I'm like, this movie should be over. Why are we a year later where people are on half the island? The Dark Knight ages. Oh, my God. Inception, Interstellar. These long ass movies where it's like time is is a figment of your imagination. Are we forward or behind? God, Tenet was terrible. I hate it, Tenet. Tenet, dude, I'm sitting and you why I watched the first scene, I was like, Oh shit, is this gonna be like he's really like a dead ghost and there's a group of ghost assassins? And then like it gets to the point where he like, Who's that man running and stuff? And I go, Oh my god, we're playing with time again. That's him. <laughs> and I figured that 45 minutes, I just sat there for two more hours. And then when it came to fruition, he's like back dancing. And you're like, this is fucking stupid. And Christopher yeah, Nolan makes movies for dumb people that makes them feel smart. Uh, I I don't I'm not yeah I know this is pissing that, you guys off no 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 I like no honestly I'm having to process what you just said exactly honestly I'm not <laughs> exactly Nolan I don't like sci-fi movies that much and every one of his movies it's like plot holes are explained through oh it's some sci-fi bullshit that uh you don't understand oh can I and, can I mean <laughs> when I said Dunkirk's incredible Dunk, I'm very Dunkirk's sorry Dunkirk's great Dunkirk and I love war movies I love uh, the Prestige. That's one of my favorites. Prestige is okay. What I said was a little hot take, like a little Steve (laughs) Smithy. I believe what I said, but Dunkirk's incredible because I love a movie. Dunkirk's good. Chris hates Chris Nolan. (laughs) Some of his stuff, The Times, Tenet, Memento. I get it. I'm. I'm I I do not like Memento. But Dark Knight's incredible. Batman Begins. uh, The Dark Knight Rises. The first thirty minutes is great. Um. But the thing about Dunkirk that's cool is I hate war movies that have a ton of exposition at the beginning. We all know what happened in World War II. Everybody who's come to this movie, if you didn't know what Dunkirk was, you Googled it on the way to the movie. I hate a movie that spent a war movie that spends the first 30 minutes explaining to you what World War II is and where we're at. Dunkirk, you immediately start, these troops are walking. It explains nothing as to what's going on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's like, I, I respect a movie that respects me and my time. <laughs> well, also, the run I know is incredible. Mean. It's like 90 minutes, jam-packed. Dunkirk was cool. So I got a funny story about Dunkirk, because Christopher Nolan always does crazy stuff, timeline stuff, too. 
And even in that movie, there's three. And I'm excited there's three for different. His new one, by the way, if y'all didn't see what he's making, uh, I wasn't sure. He's making a World War II movie about oh, the cool, atomic cool. bomb. Yeah, I'm into that. But yeah, uh, it'll be cool like Dunkirk. Hopefully. But I think Dunkirk has three different timelines, right? Yep. And it does show you just the time, like that's what it is. Well, I don't. I try to avoid as many previews as possible, so I try to show up to a theater really? right yeah, when the movie he starts. He'll get mad at me for Dun- showing him stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I just it just ruins movies for me because my brain would just go, oh, I'll just be waiting for those parts of movies and just even when I hear the funny trailer line, I'm like, oh, there's the line from the trailer. My younger brother's exactly like you. He doesn't like previews either. He I got him into film, and he like hates it. Yeah, and he's also very particular. Like we need to be there for all the previews, and I'm more of like a guy where in my dream world, I try to time it where I'm walking in. As the last previews playing. Yeah, well, that's what I tried to do. Dunkirk, I got there 10 minutes late, and I didn't know there were three timelines. <laughs> oh, you got there. That <laughs> so the whole, no so I, I, I love the movie, but I left going, man, I just, I love it, but I'm going to have to rewatch that. I missed something. Or, and then I rewatched it, and right when it came out for rent, I was like, oh, there's three timelines. Okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> this and isn't and a mind bending Chris Dunkirk, Nolan movie. Dunkirk does the like time thing, but it's in a, it's in a different, more inventive way that's cool. And also, I think Dunkirk is more like a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like a survival movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a, It's hardly a war time. movie. Yeah. It's like, remember when the show 24 first came out? And you're like, this is fucking great. Because mm-hmm. it's like leading to like... Jack Bauer killing yeah, Jairus. And it was like every hour we're getting there. You know, it's like you're running against the clock. Mm-hmm. And beep, with Dunkirk... Beep, beep. And like the beautiful like score that's in Dunkirk, <laughs> it's like we've turned this into a Dunkirk. No, it, hey man, podcast fine. from the whackness has led to Dunkirk talk. Okay, well we, we get back to the whackness. Okay, probably. so that back was, to the whackness. Uh, I would say the uh, the whackness. I think a bad part of it is there's not really much consequence in the movie. I was almost expecting someone to die. Or something. The big dilemma in the movie is he doesn't want to move to Jersey. <laughs> right. Who does? Uh, Jesus. Yeah, I know. I mean, have you flown I, into the Newark airport? I can't. I, I can't sell that. weed in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking fly into JFK like a boss. You know what I mean? I'm sure a lot of New Yorkers like Reed didn't understand what he's talking about. <laughs> Jersey's awful. That's 30 minutes away. In terms of New York movies, where does it sit for New New York movies? Are so good. I wish it would have featured New York more. Yeah, I, I love the '70s New York, a the lot of dirty Central New York in, in that movie. Yeah, and but even some of it was like, oh, we're just sitting by a like muddy, dirty creek. Like that's not a great, great New York shot. You got to pay money for those shots. I mean, I I understand <laughs> that costs that costs cash. I just feel like for it, there was just definitely times. I think I think me and Reed were talking. Where I like forgot it was in New York for like a second or two. Where you're just it like, feels like it could be in Jersey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it does. I did love all the like. I thought the best part of the movie is when he's going to all his different clients. It kind of reminded me too. Have you seen High Maintenance? Yeah, have you seen yeah. that show? It kind of yeah. reminded me of that. And and really, I feel like it could have been improved if he was just a bicycle messenger guy and just had more clients. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was gonna get on the bike and be like. Oh, this Jersey thing's great. You oh, just want to see the ins and outs of drug dealing. I That's know. what it is. I really wish too there was a little bit more music. Uh, I know there's a lot of music, but I wish he went to a, like a hip hop underground show or something like that. Uh, just because I love I love music, so all those scenes, yeah, I, I love the. Are most. you going to see Freddie Gibbs? Oh, I love Freddie Gibbs. I didn't know where's he playing. He's playing at Zydeco next week. Man, I loved his last few albums with Mad Lib. Those oh, were yeah. uh, not Freddie Gibbs, guys. Yeah, listen. And, and currency. I mean, he, he's every album he's I done. I was so excited he was playing Zydeco. They just announced it a few weeks ago. I, I didn't see, you see that. A but car I'm, ran into there this week. Oh, 
they've canceled the fucking Freddie Gibbs show. I'm gonna hate it. Oh, dude, I don't think. It, I don't think like it's Zanies. I, I mean, like Zanies, but not like I don't think they'll cancel anything. Okay, well that's good because I'm very excited about that. So Method Man, uh, you're a fan of Wu Tang, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Method Man. Do you think he is like? the best like i've heard an argument that he could be the best person to get to feature on a song like all like the ultimate get especially in 1994 because he's on biggie's uh like every feature that he does he he's really brings he really brings it a few hip-hop people that i think do great features and the first one is going to be the surprising pick and i could give you just like song after song where he comes on and goes beast mode is fucking two chains two chains hops on rap songs <laughs> and is incredible and always has a few lines that get you he's always so i think he's amazing he I is think funny chains is funny and amazing and makes every song he's in better mm -hmm. rick ross is a great feature the devil in a new dress kanye song yeah those songs he does with drake like the lemon pepper freestyles hard and in terms of wu-tang people Ghostface is incredible to get on a track as a feature. Yeah, he's all he always brings it. But Method has some of the most iconic ones. He's just so uh, charismatic too. He like is. Every, I mean, he even kind of feels like a feature on Cream. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's got the voice, and he sort of comes in like a bull in a china cabinet, like fucking shit up. Um, do you guys have have you guys started listening to any of the Griselda people? Oh, I haven't. Where, what's that? West Side Gun is a little like that. They sound just like Wu-Tang. I usually listen to a lot of like when old we, school When we're done, I'm yeah. going to play you okay. like three songs from yeah. these people, and you'll be hooked. They're I, just like Wu-Tang. I also think uh, Andre 3000 might be could be better than Method Man as a feature. Yeah, he, three he just stacks, always brings definitely. It. Yeah. Three stacks for sure. Um, That's the only one I can really think of on top of my head. My favorite the, feature of all time out is, with Method Man, though. is Eminem on Renegade. Oh, Which well, Eminem doesn't, well, Eminem doesn't oh, get yeah, best feature because no one it. wants him. He, yeah, he just yeah. destroys everyone. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, that, that's that an was amazing. Like a huge insult at the time where it's like, yo, getting one upped on your own track on Renegade. There's only like one feature on the blueprint and it's him. Which I think the blueprint's like a top five hip hop album ever. That's a lot of respect because Eminem's become corny as fuck. And it's sometimes it's tough for me to remember how good he was. At I always like like three or four of his songs on like every album, but there are some kind of like this this movie where there's just scenes where you're like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what are we doing here? <laughs> here? Oh, the most egregious scene in the Wackness is him showing up to his family's apartment and they're already moving stuff out. Like they wouldn't have given him a heads yeah. up. He like, would have been the first to the back your room. Yeah. The moving truck's going to be here tomorrow. Maybe they're they're struggling with these, money too. Like <laughs> maybe get all these QPs out of your room. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, my, my favorite is when Ben Kingsley, they're sitting on the beach and he's just like, Tried to kill myself two different ways. He's like, I tried with pills at first. Turns out I have an extremely high tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, but then the, his third way he's going to kill himself is just by swimming into the ocean yeah, and just drowning. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> like, come I, on, man. Like, you're I, not really committed to step three if you're if that's how you're doing it. I just like Ben Kingsley so much. And I think if you're listening to this, Ben Kingsley is the is the draw here. Have you seen Searching for Bobby Fisher? Yes, everybody's seen. Searching. No, I, I haven't. I haven't. 
Y'all haven't seen Searching so, for Bobby right, Fischer? It came out when I was very young. I remember I have like a movie where the preview, you know how you like buy a VHS and it's got like three previews on the on it? One of the previews was Searching for Bobby Fischer. So I like remember it coming out like 94, 95, 96, somewhere in that range and watching that movie all the time but never seeing it. I'm a sucker for kid prodigy movies. Man. I almost watched it today. Searching for Bobby Fischer, Aquila and the Bee, I fuck with heavy. I think Hardball could dude. even be thrown oh, in there. Oh, dude, I love some Hardball. Kid <laughs> prodigy Hardball? Did you like... That uh, kid listening to Biggie throwing strikes, throwing aces dude, down the blades? Yeah, moment. of course. <laughs> when they're all like, they all start singing for him. Did y'all see that <laughs> thing they were doing online where uh, guys would make their girlfriends watch Hardball? And not tell them about the ending. Oh. And then record them as they watch. G-Baby the get shot. Yeah. Oh, man, that's brutal. That's pretty mean. That's a rough one. Rough one for sure. I, lo- I love a good uh, sports movie, man. I even like the shitty ones. Like, I love Coach Carter. Coach Carter is not I shitty. even like Glory Road. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, Glory Road. I'll give you that's not great. But... It's not great. I still like it, though. Give Glory Road's that. just not great because Coach Carter came out first. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he wants Sam Jack to be your coach way more than that. hundred percent. I want to be Chain Tatum. <laughs> yeah, they said that like they weren't going to do Coach Carter if they didn't get Sam Jackson. Like they're like this movie's a hundred percent. They didn't have the budget for Denzel apparently. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate coach was Coach Boone. Yeah, yeah. Number one for sure. Well, Number one. I would want water to be my waters coach. for washing uh, blood off that jersey. Uh, I'm trying to think who I'd want my coach to be. I love. Shane, I remember Shane after Gillis. Remember the Titans, a lot of coaches tried to do a Herman Boone impression with you. Shane Gillis's bit on Remember the Titans, when he's just like, "Remember the Titans was eight weeks, y'all." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, the high school team's four and zero. Oh shit! The high school team's four and zero. These are my brothers. <laughs> Years of racism washed out because of how big football is. <laughs> One thing that threw me off in this movie too is uh, his name Shapiro, and like there's that Ben Shapiro guy. I feel like he's, I don't even read about his stuff. I know he's like outspoken, like political douche. And every time they just say his name, it kind of throw me out of the movie a little bit. I don't know much about Ben Shapiro other than I see Kyle Dunnigan videos where he does that Joe Biden, Ben Shapiro back and forth. That's really funny. Yeah. But he's got that. I think Ben Shapiro's got that annoying. He talks like this. I, I don't know. I see him on like podcasts, but I, I, ne- <laughs> I never watch. I'm it's like, it's ultimate like his. I think his face and his voice are just like. Man, I want to hit you in the fucking place. Yeah, so like it took me a while to get through that. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I thought it would have been cool, too, if they would have had some like people like hip-hop like having rap battles on, on the corners or something. Like, I felt like there just could have been some cool things like that. Uh, here's the thing. I just here's, wanted a here, hip-hop movie, here's, really. Here's what I'll give you. <laughs> when I watched it recently... I go, there should be more black people in this movie. <laughs> this is all white people. And if this movie was made and today, method man. it would get canceled. Like, you have this white guy walking around. It's a movie about hip-hop with only white people in it. Yeah, yeah. And not just, what, like, Ben Kingsley white This one's people. for like, the he's culture. <laughs> he's serving <laughs> Kingsley to you, sir. And the only black person is Method Man, and he's pretending to be Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not even letting him be black. <laughs> None of his customers are black. It's just, like, you know, goofy white women in a park. Yeah, and he should have got robbed. 
you know, not not Something saying not saying black him. people are robbing him, but so you he know. left his car unattended a lot. Yeah, with a little lock, like you could snap that thing off. Even when it shows him like flicking everyone off in the like fast motion shot, in that shot is actually the director of the movie. Oh, cool! He made a quick little appearance. I like when there's Easter eggs like that. Yeah, I just like I like the like the natural. They used a lot of natural light in this movie that I like a lot. Also, he looks like Pete Wentz. Didn't love the haircut. Yeah, <laughs> or little Nicky. Like I hate the haircut. <laughs> I think it's more little Nicky than Fall Out Boy. I, I didn't I even did. know that was like a style in 1994 either. Like, how about when Mary Kate? Uh, Olsen is like, you look like Jason Priestley. I'm like, he looks nothing no. like Jason Priestley. Yeah, he looks more like Sean from Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess it is a little if he, 90s. If he had a, like, a flannel tied around his waist, he would be Sean. Yeah, he didn't work out to get that body. You know I, what I mean? He is flubby, but I expected him to be bigger still. I was like, oh, wow. Must be pushing that card around. Must have all those bricks of weed in there, really. Yeah, Good workout. Also, it never shows him paying Method Man. He always just shows up. It's like, I need more. <laughs> it's just like, how? what is this? Really? Is he getting fronted 500 pounds of weed? I don't understand this relationship. And like, I love to immediately when Ben Kingsley walks in to meet Method Man. Ben Kingsley is somebody that if he walked into like a drug deal, everyone would be like, Ben Kingsley's here. <laughs> Why? Well, he definitely looks like a cop. Yeah, and he's, oh yeah, he, he looks like Surfer. And he's that fucking hat. It's like, bro, you're the most undercover I've ever seen. And you would know he would be like, he would be like, hey, hey, Doc, you got to wait outside while I roll in. Like, yeah. You can't be up. In you the can't be though. meeting Method Man. And then he goes. Who are you? Like, he's, like, right back at him. Yeah, with that sort of energy. Like, that big dude would have taken the butt of that uh, rifle and hit him across they the face. They had, like, AKs, yeah. Yeah. He had been a goner. Yeah, it's, there's, listen, I'm not saying this movie is 100% accurate in all ways. <laughs> I want to make it known. It's just a cool movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Watch, it's interesting. No, I think I think it's good, especially if you're interested in hip-hop at all. Hip hop, I think, I think and it'll really like relate. coming of age high school movies. If that's a genre you're into, or if you just like Ben King, or if you just love sex problems and dudes having them. Yeah, this episode is sponsored by Roma, uh, <laughs> Pfizer. Isn't comedy the lowest art form when even like Bill Burr, the greatest comic alive, has to do uh, has to do commercials for dick pills on his podcast? <laughs> it's like could you imagine like john basquiat like having to be like hey we have these wipes to make your penis numb so you don't come so fast i honestly think it's worse that you're on a podcast that isn't sponsored by blue apron <laughs> like, it just says where our podcast is right or now. even blue chew you know the <laughs> yeah, other one nothing the i've heard gummies i've heard the joke a lot but just like if bill hicks was still alive he would be doing these oh, yeah. advertisements on his podcast he'd go on his whole rant about commercialism and advertising how's the devil then be like brought to you by <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i didn't know ray j had all this money to spend on podcast headphone oh, commercials he, he knows everybody <laughs> i use my raycons all the time he's it's really like, targeting is... white guys i think <laughs> i hear those ads all the time give me these raycon headphones <laughs> people like ray j Nicki minaj lizzo and you're like this is Crazy that somebody's saying. I noticed Kanye doesn't use them. <laughs> <laughs> where where are we at on time? We're we're 
we got enough. If you want to talk more about any other movie or anything, feel free. Or uh... no, 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 I'll come back again. Yeah, I'll come yeah. back again. Please get uh, tickets uh, to the Stardom October seventh. How do we get tickets? Uh, Stardom.com. Uh, I'll get you guys the link too when you throw up the episode. Nick can attest. All the people I named are funny. Yeah, absolutely. I try to do my best. Uh, you know, if you like, Chris is very funny. The show that they did, Chris, the first Chris Ivy and Friends, which. Honestly, the poster that you got framed of that, if I ever do that show, I'm getting that frame. Like, that's the sickest artwork. Who did your artwork for that? Uh, Hannah Adamson. That's so, that's, Hannah, that was awesome. Like, that's such a cool poster. Yeah, follow her Great. at uh, Alabama Banana. She's incredible. She also, uh, the story with her is, so she did, she made a random post for me when Goulash started, when the Syndicate Lounge first started. And... She did the poster, and I was a little bit like, who made a poster for my show without asking me? Because I had just started. I had new comic energy, which is the, the worst. Thing. I just tweeted that. And I was, like a, little, I was like a little like, I was like a little like, who can just think they can make a poster? But it was like beautiful artwork. And then I had, I booked Sashir Zameda from SNL when she was on SNL. This was her like second stand-up tour. And, uh... I had Hannah do the poster and did an incredible, po like, so cool. And Sashir left, and then her fiancé, Kenny DeForest, came in, and I had I'd had her do the poster for Kenny. And uh, her manager, who I was friends with, sent me, like, a picture from, the, from her SNL green room, and the only thing she had up in there was Hannah's poster. So when Sashir started her own stand-up show in New York, she had Hannah do the artwork, now Hannah's like one of the biggest comedy artists. She does Grace Helbig. Uh, I don't. Does she do a new poster on Matt? Matt, yes. Uh, so um, she's very talented, but it's crazy how she did a poster for one of my shows for an artist. They saw it, and it led her to getting recognition way outside of this. But yeah, follow her Alabama Banana. All her artwork's great, and I think she's got on her Instagram. She's got a shop you can go buy stuff. But support her. At now, how do we follow you online? Uh, Chris Ivy two hundred five on everything, and then Goulash Comedy as well. Yeah, you can follow Goulash. I would prefer the follow over Goulash. <laughs> no, Goulash yeah. is great. Uh, also, uh, this will probably come out October first. Is going to be our four year anniversary of uh, Funny Free Fridays oh, here in town. To put on a show for four years every month is a lot. So if you want to come to a free show to test out if you'll like the comedy. It's 48 I'll, shows, bro. I mean, hey, it ain't nothing but to do it. Let's go. Um, but that's a that's a fun one to do. And then I'll also I'll announce this, too, just to give you guys some stuff. Uh, I'm going to have a show at Saturn on Black Friday. And then we're doing a Christmas uh, night show on christmas at saturn that'll, so that'll be cool good for saturn glad there is yeah and we got some fun people from out of town who moved away who are going to come back and do some of those so it'll be fun that'll be awesome man we'll be dude, announcing thanks, thanks for coming we'll on the podcast dude thank you guys i'm fuck, i'm blown away i feel like i didn't even give you guys enough for what i received oh, this was awesome man this was great uh be sure you check out the movie the whackness go follow chris buy tickets to the show also uh i'm gonna be at Stand up live October seventh, actually. Hey! So yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, what are you check doing? Are you doing out. a showcase? No, I th yeah, I think it's one of those like Alabama vodka best of Alabama, whatever. Hell things. yeah, buddy! So that'll be fun. Um, and How you then about that? it'll be. I I actually have a 
women's cancer thing I've got to do that Tuesday. It's a conference for, called the Little Peak Dress. And I'm much more, I've got to do like 15 to 20 there. And it's all new, catered to that audience. I'm much more worried about that. So Stand Up Live will be a breeze compared to that. Uh, but either way, neither here nor there. Thanks for listening to the episode. Be sure you follow us at Movie Roos on Instagram. Go and uh, give us a like and a review on iTunes. And thank you guys for listening. And I got nothing going on. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs> yeah, we got a regular Josh Peck over here. And I'll be <laughs>